This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword LoveSport. This is the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport London. If you hadn't guessed it, after the tune we played at the top of the show, Miles Blumsom here, joined by Back of the Nest team, as always, DR Kernaz and James Howard with us. Great win against Watford on the weekend, 1-0. Jordan Ayew, another goal, very nice goal as well. Great finish from the Ghanaian. I mean, I want to say hi to you both but at the same time I sort of want to get straight into it and just say Palace are safe now right we're safe we can breathe yes um, <laughs> there was that brief moment where we was a bit unsure where the club was heading uh, <laughs> for the first two months because we didn't win a game um, <laughs> but now it seems like we're safe and it's it's just such a crazy season it's the fact that not that we're safe but there are talks about Europe and yeah. because of what's happening with City there's potential that the top eight might get European football. And that's just wild. Like, how did we go from talking about relegation a couple of weeks ago then now talking about Europe? What? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's it's crazy, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm thinking that um, we were sort of four or five points off that European spot and uh, you're thinking, yeah, let's, let's hope the season continues and we get the season finished, what with the coronavirus and all that. Um, it could end up being a really, really good season for us. Well, um, yeah, let's look at it this way in terms of Europe, just quickly. Uh, a point off Arsenal, whose fans are still hoping Champions League. Two points off Tottenham, whose fans are still hoping Champions League. Uh, four points off Sheffield United, whose fans are thinking, can we actually get the Champions League? <laughs> yeah. And it's the same against... So Europe is definitely on the cards. Top eight, easily. Two points off eighth. Yeah, but it's just the run of games. It is really difficult. We've still got games against Tottenham, Wolves, United, Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool. 
and that's like eight out of ten games against sides like that. It is going to be a difficult run. So I wouldn't get too carried away with Europe because every time we talk about Europe, we somehow drop performances and start not getting results. Yeah. So I'll say that we've been doing good so far. Let's just keep up. But you say the run of games. Tottenham are in woeful form. Arsenal, you don't know what you're going to get. They're the teams between you. And Burnley, again, up and down. Burnley, once they're safe, tend to just sort of chill out and lose a few games. It's, it's surely it's achievable. I think it, I think Roy Hodgson's um, tactics might might play to our advantage because we've now had three games with three clean sheets, um, and you know I, I mean I was always you know disagreeing and, and not really happy with the way we're playing, but you you can't really fault it at the moment because we're going out there and we're doing the business, very clinical. One the what the one goal um, tactically very safe, very calm good defence, and, you know, we could get quite a few more wins in the rest of the season and get the three points. It doesn't matter if you only win 1-0, it's three points. Yeah, you just mentioned you can't fault it. Are you enjoying watching it? I'm not a great fan of watching the football, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I must admit, I, I, I must admit that it, it has improved. I ha- it obviously, has improved. Yeah, it, it has improved. But for me personally, it's results of the performances for me, and that's why I was a bit frustrated over basically the start of this year because we wasn't winning games and we still wasn't changing around. Mm. But me, I don't care if we have one shot on target and we win the game one nil. I don't care. I, I honestly <laughs> don't mind it because I want to see my team be successful. You look at Liverpool this season, they are a very good side, but they play it safe most of the time. It's not like they're going and beating teams 5-6-0. to six nil. That's it's, true. They're getting the results and I think that's what that matters right now. And Hodgson has somehow figured it out and I think it is vital. There's one or two players like Scott Dan who have come out and helped the team massively. Yeah, well, let's mention Scott Dan quickly because he's been in great form another fantastic performance yeah these 1-0 wins Gary Cahill Scott Dan playing very well at the heart of the defence together Dan's contract runs out in the summer do you think he'll re-sign do you think this new run of games will help him re-sign or when Tompkins comes back straight back in the side Tom, uh, for me you don't change this um, I mean Scott Dan has to remain in the side because I think it's the first time since May 2017 that we've got three clean sheets and three wins mm. in a row so it's working clearly, but then again, Scott Dan, he until now he wasn't getting much game time, so he must be thinking about it as well. It's not only James Tompkins, Mamadou Sako. Yeah, of course. So I think the club have to make a decision, and later on, I know there's news about potentially moving on from the senior figures, but maybe you do sign someone like Scott Dan and move on from Mamadou Sako, who hasn't been playing as much. I think he's still worth keeping. It's very difficult because you get a lot of fans when they haven't seen players play for a while. Um, they're quite quick to say, yeah, he's past it. You know, let's get rid of him. Um, try and get someone new in. But you have to say that Gary Cahill, who's uh, in his advanced years of age 34, and I've just looked up Scott Dan, he's, he's age 33. Mm. Well, you know, the two of them have been playing in defence and keeping clean sheets for three weeks in a row. And I've always made this argument, a, a central defender can go on and on for quite a few more years than your normal regular player that plays in the midfield or, or, or maybe as a wing-back that's got to get away a with pace. doing away less with, running. Yeah, yeah. and, and um, exceptionally, you know, they are exceptional. Gary Cahill is exceptional. Scott Dan is up there as a quality player as well. So I think um, the wise thing to do is to give these guys, you know, one-year extensions and let it roll on in that situation. Yeah, well, you're not going to sign into a five-year contract. No. Yeah, <laughs> but but then again, would Scott Dan be 
Would he be happy with a yeah, one-year one year. Well, Do you see him getting much more than that anywhere else? Definitely what? not in the Premier League. No, I don't think he will. I think he, all he'll end up doing is he'll end up going to a club similar to us. And I don't think there's any point in him doing that. Uh, I think they'll probably offer us similar wages. Yeah, he'll get a cut out of the transfer fee probably. But I think I think that that somebody like Scott Dan and, and, and Gary Cahill will probably settle and, and hopefully we'd like... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Yeah, I think if you're going to get any more than a year, you probably have to drop down to championship. Another goal from Jordan Ayew. What a season. Great goal as well. Very, very good finish. Um, we just absolutely smashed in. Yeah, I mean, the build-up was the encouraging part for me. Um, the mm. fact that Ben Teke got the ball in midfield, running forward. And it was like a poor man's goal against what we'd done against Leicester when we beat them 5-0 in terms of pa- passing it sideways, finding an open man and taking a shot. It was it was a bit of a questionable um, defending from Watford there. I mean, the fact that he had a touch and a shoot, but the fact that he's shooting and scoring goals, that's, it's been incredible this season. And I've said it many times, he has been as good as Vicente Gaita has been in goal. But both of them, we're probably in the relegation zone right now. But yeah, I mean, brilliant. Another goal, eight goals to so far this season. And no one even thought that he might even get five at the start of the season. He just mentioned Benteke as well, who plays played very well. Very, very good performance. Might not have got a goal, which is sort of what you're expecting out of Benteke now, not getting a goal. But the rest of his performance was great. And I don't know if you've seen the clip on going around social media this week at the end of the game when they were holding it in the corner. Benteke and Jordan Ayew just, it was, just mugging off Watford. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was just so brilliant. That was fun, wasn't it? I mean, in the, the crowd were cheering and whooping and... <laughs> And it was fantastic. And yeah, you're right. It's been going all around social media. And to f- fair credit, uh, Christian Benteke is is playing, you know, really good football at the moment. It's not about goals for him now. It's about what he's adding to the team. He, and he's allowing Zaha and Jordan Ayew to perform. Yeah, his first, first, sorry, his first touch is much better than it was, say, six months, a year ago. His first touch was awful. And I think for a football player, especially a, a striker, the first touch is obviously the most important thing because... You know they've got to bring the other players in into into the to, into the game, and uh, it was awful, and his passing was awful. But now he's got that first touch back, and he's winning the the headers, and he's controlling it. He's bringing all the other players in, and he's taking. Whereas before the ball was 
bouncing off him and coming back again and again to the defence and we're having to track back and defend and regroup, it's now, you know, the team are much more confident around him and we're playing sort of, you know, four or five passes together and, and ultimately at the weekend we scored a great, what I thought was a not only a great individual goal, but a great team goal. Yeah, I think the one word that you mentioned there, confidence, I think that's what's the most relatable word to Benteke. You can see that he's confident to get the ball, look up, make the pass. I just the only downside is the lack of goals but I was just thinking about it while I was coming to the show here and I was just watching a goal back again I feel like over time now that he's doing the basics he will take that extra shot and we saw it in the second half that bicycle kick attempt mm. small things like that are showing that he is getting to the stage where he has a bit of belief in himself whereas before he couldn't even play football so over time I expect him to score more goals I'm not too sure if it would be this season, it would be nice if we could score one or two to boost his morale even up a bit more for next season. But me personally, he's doing all the basics, that's right. But as a striker, you still need goals, which he hasn't done so far. Hopefully next season that changes. Do you think that's what he's needed, stripping it back to basics? Because we've got to remember, this is a player who was twice signed for £30 million. And especially the first time when he went to Liverpool was well worth it his time at Aston Villa was he was fantastic he could do everything he was in, you mentioned trying bicycle kicks there was the bicycle kick for Liverpool against Man United which was superb Crystal Palace took the 30 million option to sign him it was fantastic in his first season looked back to his best and it's been a bit of a decline since can he get back to a player not not necessarily worth 30 mil but even a 20 million pound player who can score not the 20 goals a season that he signed for but sort of 10 yeah, I, it depends. A bit. I mean, he's, a, he's probably getting on a bit now, isn't he? So might might struggle to get the money for him. Um, but any Premier League team will want a player that can put in 15 goals a season. But I think what um, Benteke brings, which which is more so than Ayu, is is even if Ayu gets up to, or if he, he was to score 15 goals, Benteke is demonstrating now, because he's back in form, that he can, you know, be that target man that can hold the ball up. And he's absolutely lethal in the air, isn't he? Well, he's, only, he's, only 30, he's only 29. He'll be 30 this year. He's still got a couple mm, of years left. Yeah. If, if you're talking about the 20 million and 15 goals a season, there's one simple solution. Play to his strengths. We're still not playing to his strengths. I mean, yes, he's doing all the basics right, but we're not still putting crosses into the ball for him to head it on he's not that type of player to get the ball and run past five other players I know he done that against Watford which was really good but you can't expect that from him all all the time and I feel like uh, maybe when we get a new fullback in terms of providing um a bit of width mm. and uh, maybe if, if they can cross it into the box that might help but we still need to cross it into the box for for us to even have a chance of Benteke scoring as much as goals as we would like. I also think that we are still very cagey, although we're winning, um, and that uh, I've watched the team and I'm thinking, why are we not pushing on, you know, to get a second goal? And, and I can see that Benteke's up there and there's, the midfield is still st- sitting back. Too deep. What I mean, yeah. And it's like, you know, well, we could probably do with maybe one or two players breaking out and supporting Benteke a bit more so that, you know, he's not just isolated up there. So, yeah, he's doing a great job un- under the circumstances. He's obviously got got a lot of form back, a lot of confidence back. But I think, like what DL's saying, I think if we can get more players around him, and I don't just mean, you know, when we get a corner or free kick and everyone's piling in the box. I mean, when we break out, mm. yeah, let's... If Roy can have the courage uh, to allow a midfielder or a couple of midfielders... Do you not think that should be Zaha and Ayu, though? 
Yeah, it, it is. But they they tend to have to track back a lot. And we've had a lot of criticism of Zaha this season that he's below average and he's not playing, mm. which is true. And some people are blaming it on Zaha that he's just off colour. He's not on form this season. But a lot of people are blaming the fact that he, they think Roy's making him come back and track back a lot more and a lot not allowing him to make an advanced runs as much as he could he did in the previous seasons. Speaking of Zaha, somewhat lucky to stay on the pitch. He did raise his hands to was I think Etienne Capu's face uh, in a little bit of a scuffle. Could have been a second yellow card. VAR wouldn't have checked it because it wasn't enough for a straight red, I don't think. So I don't think VAR gives second yellows uh, because VAR doesn't seem to do much. And anyway, uh, you weren't happy with the ref's performance on the whole. Absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> That's what I'll have to say about it. I mean, it was... The fact that that was a Premier League game being officiated by a Premier League referee was is still shocking to me. I still can't process that because the inconsistency yeah, was, it was a inconsistent. Joke. I agree. I yeah. mean, mm. Wilfred Zaha in the first half, he got booked for a simple challenge on Capoue. Mm. Both of them battling out. All right, then it's a foul. Fair enough, but it is not a yellow card considering the fact that a um, couple minutes before Kuyate just got kicked onto the floor and you didn't give a yellow card to the Watford player. Do you think part of that might have been because of the history between Kapu and Zaha? He was trying to temper it. But then again, even when you're looking at the situation between Wilf and Kapuwe in terms of the face and Wilf hitting his face or whatever, he Kapuwe done a very nasty challenge there and he still didn't get yellow card until Kuyate had to go and confront him and the referee gave both of them yellow card. It was just, uh, maybe, yes, the previous history helps, but you have to be fair to both players. You can't just go pick on Wilfred Zaha yeah. and leave Kapuwe. Kapuwe didn't get a challenge for crazy, crazy challenges, and it makes no sense to me. How on earth are you a Premier League ref, but you can't give a yellow card when it's deserved? Uh, there's history there, because Kapu inflicted a very, very bad challenge yeah. on Wilf Zaha the previous season. I think it was a... One of the first yeah, games Yeah, you were raised, raised to studs down as it Achilles, was, didn't It was he? terrible, and he got mm. away with it, because mm. there was no VAR. Well, 1-1-0, didn't we? Palace <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 1-1-0, <laughs> safe in the league. Uh, actually, other people that have been winning have been the uh, Divert programme. We're going to be talking to Inspector Jack Rowlands next from Divert. They have scooped a... Palace for Life, sorry, have scooped London Football Award for the Divert programme. Uh, just a reminder that Love Sport is only going to be available on Love Sport National, on our national station from the 31st of March. If you're listening, which you are on Love Sport London, make sure you retune your radio, whether that's hitting the retune button, the refresh button, or going through the menu into your settings and putting auto-tune in. What you need to do is do that, but also then come back and find Love Sport London so you can keep listening to us. But on the 31st, everything will be through that Love Sport Radio national channel. Make sure you get it on DAB and you can keep listening to all of your favourite Love Sport radio shows. It's almost 20 past eight. This is Love Sport. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport London, the station giving fans a voice. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. Take the stress out of managing your van insurance with Churchill. Our comprehensive policies offer you peace of mind, 24-hour accident recovery, £500 cover for loss or damaged audio equipment, plus guaranteed repairs for five years. Visit the van page at churchill.com. Churchill is underwritten by UK Insurance Limited and Churchill Van is arranged and administered by Brightside Insurance Services Limited. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Miles Blumsom here with DR Kanaz and James Howard. We're joined on the phone by Inspector Jack Rowlands. Inspector, welcome to the show. 
Hello, thank you for having me. I really appreciate coming on. No, thank you for the work you do. So I'll just quickly say you're from Divert. Um, Palace for Life has scooped a London Football Award for the Divert programme. Uh, Jack, or Inspector Jack, uh, could you quickly just talk us through what the Divert programme is? Yeah, so uh, basically Divert is a Metropolitan Police Custody Diversion programme that helps young adults that come into police custody. So uh, we're, we're in six sites across London. So, for instance, Palace for Life, we have a great coach there called Aaron Johnson, who's uh, there for Palace for Life, speaking to young adults. Uh, and getting them away from crime and violence into employment, education and training. So um, it's a it's a programme that's gone into a few other football uh, community foundations across the country now. So we're working on Divert across the country too, which is really exciting. But um, Aaron did brilliantly and he's, he's worked with over 200 young people in Croydon alone and um, you know got got a huge amount of them into into employment education training away from crime it's brilliant congratulations on the award um just quickly how do you reach these young people in terms of finding people who need help do you go out to them or is there a way for these young people to approach you guys well the, the benefit of being in police custody is in the nicest possible way they're a captive audience so um in terms of approaching them in custody we're we're actually speaking to them at a time where they're reflecting on their lives so if you're in a cell for an average of 14 hours thinking about your life thinking about the direction you're going if someone like aaron comes up to the custody the, the cell door and says look i'm here i'm aaron i'm talking to you about change direction of your life why don't you come out speak to us about what your aspirations are let's listen to what you want to achieve and then when you're out here we can get you matched up so you've still got to go down the the, the path of why you've been nicked so some people get no further action some people get charged we run parallel to that but whilst you're here let's do something else so that um in the last possible way you don't ever come back here how do some of these um young young men and women young offenders how mm-hmm. do they react to playing football how important is it for them to have this extracurricular activity to keep their mind focused and to try and give them a new path well it's, it's funny because Football in itself is just one avenue of, of what Palace for Life can offer. So so through various programmes and through networks we have in London, it's not necessarily getting people into football, but getting them into in everyday employment, retail, getting them into coding courses, um, getting them into football coaching and football playing, but more so getting them into construction and tailoring our approach to them. So if the young person is saying, look, you know, I, I just feel that I need to have a mentor. I feel that I need to to go on some sort of development course that's something we can sort out and actually what we find with with palace and having football coaches in custody is the fact that they're just bringing the brand and the trust of football into a custody suite so people are attaching to that um so it's actually really a gateway to many other options rather than just football in itself um, which is still obviously really important how important is this award for Palace for Life, for the Divert programme, in terms of raising some awareness? Uh, how important has it been to the team? Well, I think I think on two levels, really. I think, first of all, it's always nice to get recognition for what you do. I think we work incredibly hard, but I think more so it shows the strong collaboration between Palace for Life and the Metropolitan Police, um, because ultimately it's symbiotic. They can't do it with us, we can't do it with them. But working closely together, it's that sort of accolade that, that shows that what we're doing is working and that um, it's nice when other people see that. So for me, 
the football foundations across the country that work with communities are imperative. And I think if me as a Metropolitan Police Officer can help raise their profile with the work they do and help them connect them to young people also that are in at risk of violence and, 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 and crime, then I think that's a great, great partnership for sure. And uh, plans for the future for the Divert programme? Well, I think I think first I think sustainability is always key. I'd, I'd like it in every single police station in the Met, and uh, if we can if we can keep nudging and helping everyone across the country as well. But um, you know, being a big Palace fan myself, having Palace in the custody suite that I was a custody sergeant in many years ago, and being born in the area as well, it's just it's just great in itself. So. Um, I think a lot of the time it's just about sustaining that relationship, so sustaining our position in the Premier League. Put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, Jack, just quickly before you go, where uh, for people listening that they're in, if they're, if this has piqued their interest, where can they get involved? Where they can find out some more information on Divert. So uh, you can follow us at Divert London. Uh, um, you can also follow me on at Early Years Cop if you need to. But at the same time, uh, whack an email into the Met Police and I'll pick it up. So uh, if you want to help, if you want to, if you feel you've got opportunities to help young people, or you feel you want to get involved and be an advocate and and help support programmes across um, London, then let me know and and, and I'll I'll help you. It'd be greatly received as well. Congratulations again, and thank you so much for joining the show this evening. Inspector Jack Rowlands from Divert After Palace for Life scooped the London Football Award for the Divert programme. Chris Palace had a few nominations for uh, in the London Football Awards. Manager of the Year, Roy Hodgson, didn't get that one. Uh, Player of the Year, Gary Cahill, uh, didn't get that one. (laughs) Goal of the Year, Andros Townsend, we got that one. Yeah, I think I think that's the one that we all wanted to see. And realistically, the one that's deserved because play of the year for Gary Cahill, who joined the club mm. only in the summer. I mean, didn't it was, play in the yeah, six months before that. Yeah, so and manager of the year for Roy Hodgson. Um, well, we were I'm worried about sure. that because we thought he might get manager of the season and then manager of the year, and then suddenly he's like asked to leave at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, so but, we won't have that problem anymore. Yeah, but the goal of the season that's fantastic because it is deserved and. To this day, every time I feel down, I can just quickly go and watch that video, 10 seconds, and it heals me. Of course, we're talking about Andros Townsend's goal against Manchester City. One of the best goals Crystal Palace have seen. Oh, by far, absolutely brilliant. And I'm still itching to see him back in the team. I mean, it's really, really hard. And we were talking about this last week because you've got Ayu who's scoring goals and he's kind of taking his position at the moment. Mm. Um, But... You know, I'm sitting around people at the at the game and like me, they're saying, oh, we want to get Townsend back in. Who can we move? And I think this is where I would like him to come in for maybe one of the more defensive-minded midfielders. And I'm not saying maybe start the game, but maybe come on at half-time and, you know, he's going to allow us to sort of push on and, and maybe get the extra goal. But I really want him back in the team because it's. I know you're saying, I mean, I don't, agree entirely about it's all about winning I don't care at any cost I think there's a lot of fans that actually want to be entertained as well you Mm. go to a football match to be entertained and there is a lot of games this season and last where we weren't really entertained even if you lose at least you can come away and say do you know what we had a real good go at Man City today but we lost unfortunately I couldn't I can't say that as much uh, this this season or last season, so I think that there are a lot of fans there that that will say, well, yeah, it's okay plodding along and you know just keeping us up and mid table, and 
you know, winning 1-0 and, and being more defensive. But I think there's still a lot of fans out there that feel we can do a lot better with the players that we've got, and especially with the players like Townsend that are on the bench that could be playing. But there's another player that's back as well, Jeffrey Schlupp. Yeah. And with mm. Roy, it seems like <laughs> Jeffrey Schlupp is his man. So who comes off the bench, we're not too sure. I, I'm leaning more towards a Jeffrey Schlupp, if I was to be honest. because Quick. Because, yeah, he's quick and he can play everywhere apart from goalkeeper because Roy Roy has that much belief in him. And, yeah, because Townsend has been, feels like he's been on the bench for a couple of weeks now and still hasn't yet to have a go. And I just feel like Jeffrey Schlupp, he's back and you might be in the side. Yeah, there's, you know, there's definitely positions out there which both those play. I like Schlupp. I mean, he had a lot of uh, criticism from a lot of fans but I've always stuck by him. I think he's a sound, solid player that will put in a good shift and he will come up with goals. Um, so I'm, I'll always make way for Jeffrey Schlipp if someone's injured. He's been out for quite a while. Um, and and he, can, he can be a little bit creative, but if you really want that um, player that's similar to Wilf, then that, that player is Andros Townsend and he's the one that entertains players. And um, I want... You know, I'm not criticising Roy, and I'm very happy that we're winning at the moment. But I, I do want a little bit of a, a little bit of entertainment as well, and that's why I want Andros back in the side. Uh, well, that goal from Andros was entertainment. London Football Award for the goal of the year. That was one of those goals that's so good that even the neutral got off their suit. Oh, what a goal! And uh, I, I was in the pub when I was watching it, and I remember that even the miserable old boy who sits there with his pint and grumbles about the football went. Oh, <laughs> that's when you know you scored a good goal. Uh, we'll be wrapping up some more Palace news next. It's half past eight on Love Sport London. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. Charm Fan Show on Love Sport London. Uh, just after half. Pa- oh, Charm, Pal- Chris Palace. Sorry, we were just having a discussion <laughs> about. We were just having a discussion <laughs> about the, the about the fan show we'd just done before the Charm Fan. Show. So much is going on with Charm Athletic at the moment that we were just having a discussion. I've completely lost my head. It's actually the Chris. We'll start again. Uh, pause for edit. The Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport London. Miles Blumson here with Dio Kernas and James Howard. Oh, I, was, I was so confused. I was like, but, wait, did I miss something? No, <laughs> that's my. Sorry, guys, you're going to have to be Charlton fans for the rest of the show. No, we're talking about Crystal Palace. And uh, I want to talk about Christian. uh, I want to talk about Mishi Batshuayi. On loan at Palace last season, did very, very well second half of the season. He's been back at Chelsea this year. Hasn't had much of a sniff. When he has, he hasn't set the world alight. So he might be looking for a way out. Of course, he did well at Crystal Palace. Palace could be looking to rescue him. I think the words we've used here is an escape room this summer. (laughs) Um, Do you want him back? Would you pay for him, especially the way that Jordan Ayew's played this season? Do you need him? I would definitely take him. I mean, for the right price, uh, he's 26 years of age. That's a good age for us. Uh, We can't just rely on Jordan Ayew. Besides which, Jordan... You know, we've got um, Benteke that's primarily our target guy. Um, so I would definitely, I definitely still think that we're, we're short of uh, a striker because if we get injuries, then we haven't got anyone else that's scoring. What is the right price? It's a good point. I, I know um, I'd say somewhere around about 25 to 30 million. I think it's that lo- much. I think it's lower than that. Do I you? think last summer that might have been the case due to what happened at Palace. But you're looking at what he's done this season at Chelsea. It's clear that he's not going to be the man for Chelsea. They haven't. They've had many injuries, and he still wasn't selected. So it's clear that 
it's uh, you know they won't miss him and i think his value has dropped i, I would play pay around 20 20 ish million for him do you think the problem is was it 40 mil he cost chelsea in the first place it was a lot of money so Chelsea are going to want to recoup as much of that as possible, especially with now price inflation. I know he's a few years older, but they're not going to want him to let him go cheap while there's still years left on his contract. But they have to be realistic. They I do mean, have to be realistic, yeah. but that's whether they're going to sell him at all or if they'll let him go for free at the end. If they, you know, As much as Crystal Palace might not want to pay that much money, someone in Spain where he's also done well, or Italy who seem to love buying Premier League rejects, or even uh, you know, maybe you know, you know full well Turkish club, which sometimes comes in for these players, might be willing to pay that much money. So it might not be about competing with his market price. It might be about competing with how much... Galatasaray wants to play for, pay for him or Besiktas wants to pay they for him they won't be able to afford him I mean, I'll tell you <laughs> they won't be able, maybe on loan they might be able to afford him on instalments over 20 years um, but um, I mean I, th- I think there'll be enough clubs out there in the Premier League that will value his, his qualities which will up the price yeah, as well because mm. again he's not getting a regular game um, but whenever he comes in whenever I see him play or comes on a sub he always chips in goals this is it. He doesn't come and play 10 games without a goal. He always chips in goals as a substitute. His biggest issue for me is he hasn't seemed to doesn't seem to have any sort of a grasp of the offside rule. <laughs> he is yeah. always offside. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember him having that problem when he was at Palace. Um, so that's positive. All I remember with Batshuayi is the fact that, not that he fit in the system really well, but he got in the in the right places at the right time, and he was a good finish in front of goal. Mm. And I mean, it's hard to play a striker under Hodgson due to how defensive we are. And he managed to still get the goals in that system. So I'm, you know, I'll I'll pay around twenty twenty ish million. But I guess if that doesn't happen, then I would rather I'll I'll go thirty million maximum. He brings a bit of fun and a bit of attitude to the club as well, doesn't he? I know yeah. social media is really funny, but when you see him play, uh, when he scores, and and just throughout, you sort of. Every time I've watched highlights of him, I feel just lifted by watching him play football. He, he brings fun back into the side. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. And, and uh, I think um, probably I'd say 25 million. Um, but uh, another player that I think we should keep under the radar, mm. we should be looking for um, at Chelsea when he's fit. And I know it's taking a long, long time to get fit is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Of course, another former Palace lonely. Yeah, so he's got a really, he had a bad Achilles rupture. A ruptured tendon mm. in his Achilles which um, it's been out for over it, a year no it? it's yeah. that I saw physio recently because I had some problems and I had a bit of tendonitis and he said you don't want to rupture it because that's one of the worst ones to come back from you know it really takes a long time to it recover just from just coming back onto the bench at the moment I don't know if is he because I, I was just sort of having a look and and the last I heard was they weren't sure when he was really going to be back. He but... was on the bench against Spurs well, a few weeks news. ago. So he's yeah. been coming back. I'm not sure if he's... I'm just trying to think off the top of my head whether he's actually made it onto the pitch. But he's definitely been back into the squad and back in training properly. I don't think they're selling him. So I, if, if he's the player he was for Palace... Mm. He, why would Bar- he sell him? Because gets in ahead of Barkley. Gets in ahead of Mason Mount as well, probably. Yeah, there's no. I well, think the only realistic option that we have from Chelsea in terms of <laughs> outback Shuai and Ruben Loftus Cheek is Batshuayi by a million miles because he's the one that isn't getting the game time he deserves. Whereas Ruben Loftus Cheek, he's had that injury, but there's no need for Chelsea to rush him. He's still got age on his side, and he's still and he's a big physical 
guy that can play football. Like, there's no downside to his game, and he's got so much potential. So the, the only thing is, Dr, is that it's going to take him a while to get back to his full fitness. So I'm thinking that maybe we can get him back on a loan oh, deal, okay. right? Yeah. With an option to buy, I because st- Chelsea have got so you know Chelsea have got some lot of good young players. Plus, they've got the existing players. I think they might have to just maybe sell I, a one or two players, and I think that. They'd probably be more inclined to sell a Ruben Loftus cheek that's been out for so long. I don't know. He is I, an exceptionally good player when he was fit. I, I've just got a feeling if he's coming back to fitness now, mm. I, it looks like unless he really hits the ground running, he'll miss out on the Euros. So he'll get a bit more of a rest. Full pre-season in mm, to get fit. That. Next season, for me, he fits the Lampard mould. Young, English, strong, fast, can get forward, can play in a number of positions in there as well. He can, you know, he came through as a holding midfielder. Then he became a number 10. Mm. He can play off the side if it's needed to, a bit like Mason Mountain has had to. Mm. I look at Chelsea and he's done well recently, but he's been in and out of the side. Then I would say they're more likely to get rid of Ross Barkley than Ruben Loftus-Cheek. So, as much as it'd be great to see him come back, I just unless he gets another little niggle or he gets a few more little niggly injuries, even at the start of next season because the transfer window is being pushed back out mm. to the end of the month, if he looks like he's going to take him a while to get up to full sh- fitness and full strength like you've mentioned, mm. even after full pre-season, I just can't see Lampard and Chelsea getting rid of him. So perhaps the best we can hope for is that he comes back has a good as a wobble has a good preseason <laughs> but that, I don't know that I think, doesn't help us though but I think I think that um, Lampard might be quite inclined to loan him out and when he came to us last time he was very very good yes, he was. and he was the link that we needed from the midfield mm. to the the forwards to get the spark going and get the creative and uh, he would be I'd rather him more so than Batshuayi to be honest but you know if we can get both brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that in a way because him out wide with Wilf out wide. He was they were brilliant uh, and then, together, weren't they? And then you have yeah. Jordan, but we still need another striker. Without a doubt, yeah, we need we another do. striker. Yeah. We we lost Tosin and one injury to Ben Teke or Jordan Ayew, and we're back in a crisis because we don't have enough depth. And it's not good for a Premier League club to be in this position. If not Bashwai, where else would you look? Are you, are you looking at clubs that may be going down? Timu Puki, so, someone like that from Norwich? Tosin. Cenk Tosin. I don't think uh, to, I'm going time. off Tosin because it's going to take a while for him to get back. That, that cruciate ligament recovery is at least nine months. Yeah, it normally. depends on how much Everton value him as well. I think yeah. th- there was a report out there suggesting that we still got the option to buy him at mm. the end of the season for twenty million. But it's too palace, soon. Yeah, it's too soon. Let's go ahead and do that. I'm not too sure because yeah, we saw good glimpses of him when he was playing, but it was too little, and also the injury doesn't help as well. But yeah, I mean, we we need a striker. I'm not too sure who it is, but we've been trying to get under twenty four year olds. Mm. So. Yeah, we'll see in the summer. But imagine, imagine being if Watford went down, being able to get someone like Troy Dean. <laughs> oh, he, I don't, that, I don't <laughs> yeah, think he'd be accepted at Palace. <laughs> yeah, don't think? I don't think so. I just, you saw in the weekend there was so many chants about him, and yeah, yeah no, but once once you start playing for the club, as, with the with the attitude Troy Dean has, as soon as he puts the shirt on, he puts in a couple of big performances. I'm not having Troy Dean at the club. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not having him. I don't think he would add the depth and the strength that we need. Oh, sorry, I had to throw something in there to try and wind you up. Um, Talk, we talked about players coming in, players going out. Uh, the club are planning to move on some of their senior figures. Four new faces they want in. In terms of the senior figures being shifted, we've mentioned Scott Dan already. Don't think that's a great idea. Where else? Which other senior figures do you see potentially leaving the club? Saka. 
Mamadou Sakho. So you think he'd be uh, defenders? Yeah. Um, I just think if he is fit, he's he's a very good footballer. But we, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't class that Sakho's played this season because of his injuries. Mm. And for a player that's earning on a high bracket of wages, and considering how much we spend on wages, I'm sorry, but he's not worth it. He's right, just okay. not worth it. And if we've still got Hodgson at the club, and you see players like Scott Dan, even. He he's still flourishing due to his injuries because Hodgson, the system that he plays and the defensive minded he is, he helps all kind of defenders. I would get rid of Sacco and use that wage to split up and get other players in the area because I just don't think he's been worth it. Like he's a good footballer, but has he been worth it? No. What about Milivojevic? I know club captain, but he's not been playing as much this season. Not been starting. Not been as influential. Uh, he came off the bench at the weekend. Is he someone that you could see maybe? being shifted I I don't think so I, I he signed a new contract and I guess the club would want to keep him because if you lose Luca, then first of all you lost that captain I'm not too sure how I mean, much you got Gary Cahill yeah, in you terms got, of leadership yeah but how much are, how long is Cahill going to play for True. there's there's that I, I I don't think we'll get rid of Luca, but in terms of senior figures we're talking about senior figures like first minds that come into my head Wilfred Zaha Mamadou Sako, Christian Benteke, because all them players are the ones that are earning a lot of money. Do you think Wilfred Zaha will leave? Because I would suggest that we mentioned before about underperforming. This season, the way he's played this season has made it easier for the club to keep him in the summer because I'm not sure clubs will be lining up like they were before to pay and they're definitely not going to be paying £80 million for him. No, so so we've got this situation again where we're not going to want to sell him for the prices that people want to pay and it's going to take a club to come in with a leap of faith and say, well, we'll, we'll buy Zaha based on previous season's performances. But even at the end of last season, people weren't prepared to pay £80 million for him. Um, I, I still don't think he would get a regular place in a top six team. Might um, go overseas. Might go abroad. Though. I want him to go. Abroad. I want him to go abroad. If he was to leave, mm. I would rather he goes to one of the big European clubs and maybe play European football like that. I just, I, I just think the me- media scrutiny against Wolf, the referees, it's just, it, it's not working out for him here. And if he was to leave Palace, go abroad, try something new. But it also depends on him because we have to realize our footballers are have families and you know they have commitments here so we it, do forget that don't exactly. we exactly <laughs> we do forget it's easy to say oh go abroad but then you know Wolf has a family in South London in Croydon his whole family is based there so it's not as easy to say oh go Wilfred Zaha he's not the 21 year old Wilfred Zaha he's edging closer to his 30s so you have to keep that in consideration as well but in terms of Wilfred Zaha I mean he had another big chance on a weekend um, and he missed it but once he missed that, I thought to myself, how many times has he been in this position this season? Not that many because there wasn't a Benteke that was heading the ball up to him to make sure he goes in that position. So I feel like over... I mean, if Benteke continues playing like this and we continue playing like this, he will get the goals. But of course, he's not worth what we value him in Mm. terms of to other clubs. I mean, he's worth that much to us. But the club also have to make a decision because, what, he's 28, 29 soon? You'd be lucky to get a £40 million offer for him now after the season he's just had. Yeah, I don't think the club will want to sell him. And I think he might be happy to to stay with us. Well, he's got a new agent. I I don't know how that's going to unfold. I I just don't want another mess in the summer where it comes to the final day of the window, Wilf is handing another transfer request and Mm. we go into the season sour. I just want it to be solved at the end of the season. So pre-season, everything's planned and we know what we're doing. I think we've got a couple more players that we could probably add to that list of probably getting maybe moving on is Kelly... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably yeah. overstayed his welcome now. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> tra- he's good depth, though. He is, but we've got quite a lot of central defenders. Um, Would you not rather have a younger player who could then progress into the first team in that role? I, I def- what, are you talking about academy? Well, not necessarily from the academy, but you could buy in a younger player from the championship who will then become yeah. the Crystal Palace I, first choice centre-off. I guess so. It can work. But right now, we haven't got any right-backs apart from... Kelly and Joe Wood so there's that until we get a right back then yeah. I want to get rid of Kelly and he has been a good servant to the club so I feel like that would be harsh on him um, he can't play multiple positions so I wouldn't really focus on Kelly I'd f- the senior figures for me are the ones that I mentioned OK up next uh, Bournemouth away at the weekend let's start to preview that it's just after quarter, quarter nine this is Love Sport London we've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display our opinions that is Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport London. The station giving fans a voice. We got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. Miles Blumsom here with DR Kernaz and James Howard from the Back of the Nest podcast. Bournemouth away on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Now, just Bournemouth are struggling in the relegation zone. They actually didn't look too bad at the start against Liverpool at the weekend. Crystal Palace's big 1-0 win against Watford's means that Palace are pretty much safe. We mentioned earlier only a few points off potential European places. But do you think that the fact that Palace looks safe and Bournemouth will be fighting might be detrimental to the way Crystal Palace are going to play? Bournemouth haven't really been good for a while now. Um, yeah, but they should start scrapping now, surely. They should, but last time we faced them, I remember it being a relatively easy game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we haven't had much of that this season, so it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. Of course, they're going to be at home, and aside like Watford, they're, they're a bit like Watford in terms of Wilfred Zaha. They have been fouling Wilfred Zaha strategically, I've noticed that over the years, um, Bournemouth. Um, so... I guess they're going to try to take him out of the game. But I'm not, oddly enough, I'm not that worried. I don't know if it's the three wins in a row, which has given me a bit of an optimism. But yeah, I'm it's, like, it's bring a winna- it on. It's a winnable game. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Whereas in the past, you go to Bournemouth and you think, oh, I'm not sure about this one. Um, they've got their key player, Steve Cook, that got injured. Yeah. And the youngster came on and, and had a horrendous error. I got this wrong. I was on yeah. I was on the radio on Saturday with Ian Stone mm. and on Love Sport. And we were talking about Steve Cook. And I said, oh, he's about 48. He's only 29. <laughs> I was looking at him. I was like, Jesus. He looks like he's had a rough life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but, but they definitely, but the, what, so what's happened is, is that they're obviously lacking in depth and this could play to our advantage. And, you know, whereas I'm thinking, well, yeah, you're right. You know, they've got everything to play for and we haven't, but I think we have. And uh, I think we sort of touched on it last last week. Like, you know, you get a million pounds for every place in the league, but, but now they can sort of, you know, they're even, I think, was it one of the players, Palace players, was tweeting? Yeah, you know, mili- you, you, yeah I was Europe. about to say that. Patrick Van Arnold, he was, tweeted that. He tweeted Are we that? Ready oh, for- of course it's Van Arnold. So, yeah, he tweeted. So that's got PVA written all over yeah, it, Yeah, he said, it? are we ready for Europe? Something along <laughs> those lines. So, I, I know these players, they're so competitive. They'll be like, come on, lads, let's get into Europe. This is up, you know, not being funny, but fifth place and you can get into Champions League. Wow. Well, that would okay. be brilliant. Fifth, fifth Crystal Palace in Champions yeah, League. I, I've seen, <laughs> see, James, I've seen your eyes laugh here, mate. Fifth might be a little bit too high. A couple high. of weeks' time, you'll Why be, you'll be saying, saying Hose me 
laid up in fifth. <laughs> yeah. but, but the thing is, if the players are saying things like that, it gives me confidence yeah. to think, do you know what? They really want to have a go. Even if we all think that we haven't got the quality and maybe we, we haven't got the stamina to get, you know, but who knows? You know, it could happen. It's happened to other teams. I mean, look, no one expected Leicester to win the league a few That's years ago. True. All we're saying is fifth place. We're not let's <laughs> say we're going to win the league. <laughs> it, well, if we're talking about um, European football, if we do beat Bournemouth and results go our way, we could be in eighth place in yeah. terms of the European spots this season. Um, but I just... I don't want to get carried away with this because in a couple of weeks time we'll be lo- we'll be listening back to this and we'll be like what we're we talking about Europe we're trying down to stay up yeah, exactly. down to 15th <laughs> everyone's injured um, but that's what you want to see from the players it just shows how important these games have been the fact that Patrick Van Aertenau can come on Twitter I mean he's had lots of criticism in the past saying oh why are you not playing well and stuff but he's he he it clearly shows that it clearly shows how the dressing room are feeling about the situation. Confident, enjoying their football, and that's good in terms of contract renewals and players want to stay around as well if they're enjoying playing for Palace. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you know if you are starting to compete with those sort of European places, whether it's Europa or Champions League, then you're going to attract more players as well. Um, not only retain the top players, but you're going to attract more players, and those players that we're trying to get will have more of an incentive to come to us. So. Yeah, it's all it's good money for us, which is what we desperately need. And um, you know, let's 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 see. Hopefully, the players are up for it, and we we do get a win at Bournemouth. Yeah, uh, Dr. You said before you're not that worried about it. Do you think Bournemouth they they, they like to play pretty nice, relatively expansive football? Will that play into Crystal Palace's hands? Who not so much this season, but in previous seasons have been very good on the road at keeping it tight and then counter-attacking at pace with the likes of Jordan Ayew, Andros Townsend, uh, Zaha. And Christian Benteke, as much as he looks cumbersome, is actually not that slow. He's actually got a little bit of pace about him as well. Do you think the way Bournemouth play might actually play into Crystal Palace's hands? Yeah, it might do in a way because um, what Bournemouth fans have been saying is that Eddie Eddie Howell, he hasn't been changing a route. Mm. So, I mean if we know how they're going to set up and if they're going to set up in a similar way to what we saw against them when we played them at Sellers Park, then that's why I'm not worried. I mean, if a manager... We, we've seen it with Roy Hodgson in terms of... <laughs> you're laughing because next week we're going to come back, come here we're going to end up losing 2-0 and you're nah, going to be like, nah, I'm going to nah, love nah. this show. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's why I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried because we see it with Roy Hodgson in a way that teams already know how we're going to set up and we already know how Bournemouth are going to set up. And if it's worked before and now we're in a high run of form and the pressure is really on them, not us, why should I? The pressure, the pressure is on them, and I think this is a really, really bad game for Bournemouth because they know that we've had three clean sheets in a row, so we're going to be extremely tough and strong at the back. But they have to; they've got to win this one. This is their the, one of the games they've got to get three points yeah. out of. So they're going to really have to come out and and, and attack us. And um, yeah, I could see us uh, playing to uh, our advantage. What Roy likes is, which is the counter counter attacking style that we like to play away from home. The one thing they do have is a very good centre forward in Callum Wilson. I know he may not have hit, you know, hit the heights that he has in previous seasons this year. Do you think that Gary Cale and Scott Dan can keep the fourth consecutive clean sheet? I think they can. It is going to be difficult due to the pace factor of things, mm. but the fact that we've got the 
James McCarthy is there who can run around for 90 minutes and act like he hasn't been running for the whole game. Um, don't tire at all. And the fact that we've got McCarthy there who's been on form, who we've criticised on this show before, saying he's the right man. I feel like them type of players, having the three central midfielders that we always talk about, will help in this game in terms of containing them type of players. And the fact that we don't play too high up the pitch, I think I'm not that worried in that sense. I think we will concede. I think it's a bit like going to the casino and playing roulette. You know, you're not <laughs> going to get three, four reds in a row. Right. So, you, you know, you have put your money on red. The fourth time, you probably put it on black. And I think this is it. You know, it's we've had three clean sheets in a row. And I think, yeah, the, the luck's going to run out. We're going to concede. But that doesn't necessarily mean I don't think we're going to win the game. There's going to be someone listening who put three on red, won the money, then put the fourth one on black. Yeah. And, then, and then it went red again last weekend and lost all, <laughs> lost everything. Um, quickly, before we finish, let's do some score predictions. DR? 2-1 Palace. 2-1 Palace. You just said you're going to keep a clean sheet before. You've changed your mind already. <laughs> that was very convincing, I'll James. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, I just said it 20 seconds ago. All right, I'll be 2 0 Palace. No, 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 I was going to say 2 1 actually. Um, I'm tempted to say 3 1. I'll flip it, it. Why not? I, I, I'll say 2 1. I'm going to go 1 0 Palace. I like to follow trends, and I think that's the trend at the moment. 1 0 Palace. <laughs> and you got it right last week. I, I did get well you know, 1 0 yeah, Palace. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on that one. Hey guys, thank you for joining me. Same time next week. Sounds good. Up next, we'll be doing the Fulham Fan Show. This is Love Sport London. for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.